So the reason why words create worlds resonates for me so much, and I'll dive into what it means for me, but it reminds me of this quote from this Austrian philosopher called Wittgenstein, where he talked about, I mean, he wrote um, this essay, and this line is, from that essay is pretty famous. It says, the limits of my language are the limits of my world. Hi everyone, welcome to Entre New Podcast. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Marcus. And each week we chat about the messy, glorious, and baffling things in life. Hey Marcus. Hey Steph. How are you doing? I am good. It's an exciting time in my life. <laughs> I'm doing this podcast. I have other projects happening. Life is good. So yeah. Awesome. How awesome. are you? Doing good. I have my coffee here. It's getting quite warm here. So yeah, we are without our blankets today for recording. <laughs> so we hope that the quality is nice. <laughs> we hope the audio quality is still up to par. Um, but you know what? We're still getting such great feedback and compliments so thank you so much on the first episode and what we wanted to do today is to also i forgot what i was gonna say marcus i'm so sorry you forgot you wanted to pitch our social social media accounts for oh, yeah. example our instagram right. and twitter handle that you can follow and just stay up to date on when new episodes drop you know and maybe get some behind the scenes views soon so yeah yeah, we have some really exciting ideas and thanks for get, having my back there. I'm just like so excited right now. But back to Instagram and Twitter. So our Instagram handle is at entrenew.podcast and on Twitter we're Pod. Sorry about the difference. It's just a difference in characters. But on both platforms, we're really excited to use them to engage with you because we've been so lucky. A lot of you have DM'd us or reached out in various ways to talk about, you know, your experiences with our first few episodes. And we wanted to find this great place, one stop shop where you could interact with us. And like Marcus said, we're quite excited about maybe having some behind the scenes videos. If I can convince him to do an Instagram live one day, you want to be there to see that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about that. But yeah, give, give some applause to, to Steph, who's like doing all our social media. So thank you, Steph. Thank you. <laughs> I don't um, know what I'm doing, but okay. <laughs> oh, you, you know what you're doing. You know what you're doing. And also, I have a little little shout out too. If if you're following us on Apple Podcast, or even if you're not, you can still go there and, you know, rate us and even give us a review that just helps us in terms of discovery there and, you know, kind of grow up in the ranks there too. Yeah. So that we get more listeners and can do this, you know, for longer. So we all enjoy it more. Yeah, because like, you know, just <laughs> bringing my energy back down and in all seriousness, one of the best things about doing this podcast has been hearing from our listeners and our friends just how fun these conversations have been for them to listen to. And I'm so glad to hear that it sparked conversations for all of you as well. So the only reason why Marcus and I are doing this is because we're excited about these things and we want to get you excited too. And if you feel like this is something that other people might be interested in, 
to you know just think about or engage with then rating and reviewing and subscribing on apple and also sharing our spotify link that's how we're going to be able to get out there so shameless plug i'm feeling a bit no that's fine self-conscious right now <laughs> that's okay you know we need it and that's that's good for everyone basically if you review you know and and just rate us there because it'll help us and it helps other listeners so yeah it's been amazing to see what people have been saying and sharing you know so it's really cool i i, I love it yeah and you know since we're on the topic of reviewing and conversations it's a nice segue okay i just made it awkward but <laughs> it's a nice segue into what i wanted to talk about today and it's this phrase that has just been recurring in my life for the past few weeks and in true bohemian woo-woo fashion like i say to marcus if the universe is sending me these signs it means i need to think about it so the phrase is words create worlds and marcus is laughing at me right now <laughs> no i'm not laughing at you it's just i love how you how you explained and still brought everything in that you said before and um it's just very authentic. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like full transparency. Yeah, I yeah. am a hippie. <laughs> I don't I don't think you are. Or if you want to be, that's fine, you know. But um, I think if things come up multiple times in our lives, definitely something to think about, you know, whether you're bohemian, woo-woo, hippie, or whether you're not, you know. <laughs> or whether you're like straight-laced and like buy the book. If the book keeps saying the same phrase, it's an, an important one. Yeah. <laughs> It is, it is. So let's dive into the topic then. What, what were you thinking about when that came up for you? So the reason why words create worlds resonates for me so much, um, and I'll dive into what it means for me, but it reminds me of this quote from this Austrian philosopher called Wittgenstein, where he talked about, I mean, he wrote um, this essay and this line is, from that essay is pretty famous. It says, the limits of my language are the limits of my world. And words create worlds reminds me of that because it reminds me of how we make sense of the world through language. So on like a philosophical level, it's it. I do think the kinds of words that we have and the language that we have influences the richness of the world that we live in. Just like, you know, if I, I've, I've said this in the past, I think, where if I just had one word for red, then my experience of the world um, is pretty monodimensional. Or if I just had one word for emotion, like anger, it's monodimensional. But if I have a, a spectrum of words, a dictionary full of them, um, my world expands or my experience of it expands the same way. That's really interesting. I just one thought pop up in my head if like you feel something but you can't really you can't really put a word to it what does that mean then in in your kind of description of like you know you create worlds because I can still feel it I know it's there but I'm either missing the word or I don't really know how to put it in words yeah and there's some words that only exist in some languages and you just can't really translate them right and well, we can have a whole conversation about how being bilingual or trilingual um, helps you experience the world very differently than someone that only speaks one language. But 
I hear you when you say that sometimes we feel something and it's palpable and it's tangible, but there isn't like the word escapes us. Um, I think the challenge there is to find a way to describe it. So maybe it's not one word, but we can use words as like science, science pointing at something. Um, but I do think that once we name something, we are able to make sense of it and we're able to work with it or move past it and stuff like that. Because sometimes when I have that feeling and I'm like, uh, I don't really know what this is, then it bothers me, right? But if I can sit down and say, oh, that's resentment or that's, that's bliss or that's joy. And then the next question is, why do I feel that way? Yeah. That's actually a good point. And I think that's also why I write in my journal whenever there's a thought, whether that's about work or life, whatever, because it makes things graspable. You can you can see them and they kind of get out of your head, right? So yeah, I think that's exactly what you said about making making it real. And yeah, you're creating a world in a way, you know, while putting down words. So yeah, I love that. I think words can be very creative as well. Like, like you say that we create I mean, like the saying says, we create worlds, but also, I don't know if this happens for you when you journal, it happens for me and it happens when I, in a coaching session as well, I notice that we have all these jumbled thoughts, but when we articulate them and have them reflected back to us, like either on a page or through a coach, it's almost like also realizing, making sense of our own emotions and that spaghetti in our heads. Yeah. No, that's that's for sure. That's why I think I do journaling just because of that. And even, you know, coaching is a big part of that. Even therapy to a certain extent, because you sit there and you talk to a mirror, right? That's how I always treated it. And you get ref get some things reflected back to you. And then you like kind of, you know, continue with making making sense of that. So I totally agree. That's that's funny. Another thought that pops up. I'll, I'll just put out my thoughts here. <laughs> I love it. Um, <laughs> I think all of that is great. I totally agree. But I think it's even more so real for people who are writers. Or like, let's say you're writing a novel that I think that's a very, you know, easy thing to say. That's where they really create worlds with with their pen, you know, with their language and the words. So um, I think for that, it's for me more understandable. Whereas then for us, you know, it's like a bit more abstract. I think the creating the worlds part for me personally. That's really interesting because you, you are a writer, um, not just the journals, but a nonfiction writer. But it's not, yeah, it's nonfiction. So that's, I, I treat that a bit different, you know, I'm not sure if I'm creating a world there. I'm just trying to understand what the creating the world means here. That's basically what I'm going for. Because for me, understanding, you know, like someone who writes a, um, you know, Haruki Murakami, what, what I'm reading right now, he creates worlds. So, you know, like very crazy, very cool fiction worlds, right? Totally understandable. For me, that makes sense. But what does it mean for me to create worlds? Like, is it just, you know, we just talked about making sense of my thoughts of my emotions, which I can understand. But as a nonfiction writer, I don't think you create a world or do you? Maybe it's just how you see it. Yeah. How about this? Does the choice of the words you make sorry, the choice of the words you choose, <laughs> change the story. So for example, the other way words create worlds lands for me is in our selection of the words 
we use to describe the phenomenon that we're trying to describe, whether it's it's something that happened in our lives or something at work. So we can, facts are facts, right? That's the situation. But you can either say something happened to me or something happened in my life. And how does that feel when you hear the both of them? Can you repeat them again? That's like very deep thinking here <laughs> in the middle of the podcast. <laughs> so if I say that this thing happened to me, uh-huh. versus this thing happened in my life. Yeah. Well, this thing happened in my life, I think is a bigger vision of like, there's more, you know, there's more outside of it. And that's just one thing that happened. And to me, it sounds more, to me personally, it sounds like a bigger thing that you can only just see that one that happened to you right there. But happened in your life is more, yeah, you know, it happened in my life where there's multiple other things around, you know, so, yeah. Because it feels like the difference between making something a defining moment in your life and something that informs who you are right now and the bigger picture of your life. And the words in those two versions are so similar, but the way we choose to string them together, you know, feels different it changes things yeah no i 100 agree i mean I'm, I'm not saying you're wrong or that that you know creating worlds isn't true i'm just trying to figure out what it means for me like creating worlds you know it sounds quite big if you look at it that way but yeah it's true it's true you create different even different meanings maybe first and then depending on how you how you see it yeah you create different worlds too mm. oh that's an interesting one the relationship between words and meanings because maybe we choose to string words together in a certain way to reflect the meaning but then how can we use that as a weapon like intentionally to say if i know that this is how my understanding of my life works and the words and the power that my words have then how can i restring the words in my head so that it throws a different lens on these facts about my life, where I come from and people and stuff like that. That's, that gets me into another, another area, which I just recently had in my coaching training about perspectives, because it's also a way of, you know, just seeing, seeing the sentence or the words just from a different perspective, you know? So perspectives are quite powerful, I think, because it puts you in different, different shoes, the same with different meanings, right? If you're able to say that sentence in different ways, so it resonates with different people, it gives you different understanding of where people are coming from, you know? So I think, yeah, there's something to it. Yeah. And, and you shared with me about that particular training and we tried that out as well. And I can say for sure that it felt different, right? When I kind of like put on this hat and thought about it from this lens, the choice of words changes, the way I look at something changes. It even feels different. Emotions, yeah, emotions change. That's the goal of, you know, like getting people into different, different kind of mindsets, right? Yeah, and it's so powerful because it doesn't change the way you feel or your, it doesn't just change your mindset for a moment because when we work through the thing we we're talking about, which was launching one of my projects, and we had named one of the perspectives after one of my favorite bands, Led Zeppelin. 
and that stayed with me through the launch of it. And as I was doing that, you know, I was listening to that Zeppelin and I was like, I'm channeling this. And it goes back to what we were saying about naming something. When you name even like a frame of mind, you can tap into it. So good. Yeah. You see, there was a connection with the perspectives. Yeah, that's right. If you name it, even if it's a quirky one, like the pillow behind you, you know, like even, but you know, we laugh about it, but honestly, we put value in that, you know, we, we think about something when we, when we see that. So yeah, naming something and making it real. Yeah, you're right. We, we created a little world there. Yeah. Oh, that's fascinating. And, and I do want to say that it's not like airy fairy words that make you feel good. You know, I think it's like a very deep, profound phenomenological shift to use one of my favorite words. <laughs> wow. I, I won't repeat that word for now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Nice. Nice. You also brought up at the beginning what it means to be bilingual or speaking multiple languages. We both do. What, what do you think, you know, like languages have to do with all of that and speaking multiple languages? That it's super funny that you've just brought this up because it reminded me of the conversation we had just before we started recording. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> and for the listener, what happened was Marcus and I were just catching up because we went a week without recording. So we were just catching up on things and I forgot what I wanted to tell him. But the recurring voice in my head was speaking to me in Mandarin. It kept saying like, which means like I've forgotten it. <laughs> that never happens to me. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Yeah, but I do find that different things come up when I think in different languages because I was English is my first language. It's the language I think in. It's the language I best understand the world through. But when I was growing up, my extended family and even my parents would speak to me in dialect. And then in school, um, I learned Mandarin. I used to date someone whose family only spoke Mandarin, so I had to, <laughs> had to learn my language. <laughs> but I find that when I use different words or I kind of shift gears into different languages, it either takes me back to the context or it captures a part of my experience that is inaccessible almost to the other languages. That's interesting because I think for me, it's maybe a bit different, you know, like I'm not, English is not my first language. You, I, I couldn't tell. I mean, I knew that, but I couldn't tell. <laughs> but yeah, but it kind of is now, you know, my first language is German and for the whole high school, that's what I talked in in the past, you know, I've talked in German, you know, regularly but english is the the language i work in i read in i listen in i consume media in like english is like 90 percent of my day right now you know so i think it's a bit different in yours and where i you know at my hairdresser there's one one person asked me like oh do you dream in english <laughs> and i'm like Hell yeah, I do <laughs> because everything is in English, you know, and I sometimes even if I have to go somewhere like in a, in an office or something, you know, like official and in Germany, um, I even sometimes put my thoughts and the words in English, like in front of me. So I know what to say, but even I have to say them in, in German. 
So that's why for me it's a bit different for you, you know, but it's like it's it's really interesting to see that. It is because I'm always curious about the language that like the predominant language that we use when we are just like thinking. And it sounds to me that for you it's English. Does that mean that when you give talks in German, you kind of prepare everything in English first and then you translate it? Honestly, I can't answer. I never gave a talk in German. <laughs> That's the funny part. And I, honestly, also in German, I have a slight accent, which is from an area in Germany where sometimes it's made fun of, you know, so also that maybe contributes to it. And I want to maybe try and get rid of that to have, like speak the more professional German, which I'm, I speak the professional German, you know what I mean? But like there's a slight accent in and but yeah my work and all that professional life has been so focused outward that i've never never talked about work in german i find it very hard because everything in my work and every talk or stuff that i write is all in english so i find it very hard to translate that and then you know even and that happens to me if i talk to friends in german i have english words slip in all the time <laughs> no really it's, it's sometimes it's embarrassing when you say like oh like you know, even at your therapist, you say like, like, just the word, like popping into the middle of a German sentence, you know. Um, yeah. But they are all understandable because I'm not doing it on purpose. It just happens. You know, it's like a muscle that you've trained. Mm. But, you know, I, why does it feel weird to have the English word sl slip in to your German sentence? Oh, for me, it doesn't really. I just sometimes notice it. And for the other person, it could be like, oh, what? what's this guy saying now, you know, like if they are not used to it or if they don't, maybe don't speak English that well and they don't know what did he just say, you know, they, so maybe some people don't have the context. I, of course, know that it's coming from using English a lot, you know, so that's just the only part I think I'm, I'm, I'm sometimes very aware of and tell them even before, like if it's like a professional conversation or, you know, someone that I don't know, I tell them like, hey, listen, sometimes I might drop some English words, you know, that's just, that's not me dropping my knowledge. It's just, that's what I'm used to. It's like, that's the only word I have. <laughs> <laughs> it honestly sometimes is. I have a lot of occasions where I'm like, oh, how do you say that in German again? I honestly do. Well, that happens to me in, in Mandarin. Because, I mean, in all fairness, my command of that language is just, uh, I can order food in Mandarin. <laughs> That's already very helpful if you get stranded somewhere and have to use my ring. Yeah, but, you know, it's interesting. So I asked you about that question. I mean, I asked you that question about English words sneaking into German phrases and why that, how that feels and why that's weird. Because in Singapore, we have colloquial English. So there's Singaporean English which is kind of standard, but it has a Singaporean tinge in the accent. Then there's Singlish, which is a mishmash of all the different cultures that we have. Yeah, so in a sentence, you would have like uh, a Tamil word or a Malay word in English and in the Chinese dialect or two Chinese dialects in the same sentence. Yeah. But that, that makes sense for me in Singapore. You know, because there's such a melting pot of cultures. But Germany, you know, like it's, I know we have cultures, but it's not Singapore, you know, in that sense. And 
having someone here like in an official like if you go to an office in like the city or whatever and you have to tell them something and then you drop english words that's not what happens there on a general basis you know that's why i think it's a bit different than singlish for example so, so this is super interesting because it ties back to the whole idea of words create worlds like in singapore where the world is naturally heterogeneous or the world the population is heterogeneous we have different races here we have different cultures it's the language reflects that and when we embrace that language it helps each culture feel like they're part of the society here but in a world where it's a bit more homogeneous then the language is also more you know homogeneous it reflects that for sure for sure yeah that's that's a very good point I don't think, you know, the German language is bad. It's just a very different language. It's also very, very, um, you know, a harsh language or very straightforward language, which then also ties back into the, you know, the culture that German Germany has. I don't want to go into now cultures of countries, you know, but we describe things how they are, you know, like we, we just put the words together and there's no way around it. So that's like creating that world in that sense, you know, exactly. for us, that's, that's that. And then does does that inform like how then you experience the world, which is probably more like straightforward and systematic? I would say so. Like even me being in Germany, but speaking very well English, I hope at least, and, you know, consuming a lot of English, my world is definitely different than someone else's, like my neighbors, for example, you know, because I also consume other things. I, you know, read other books, I read or listen to other things, I watch other movies, or even, you know, watching it in original voices. Um, that just changes how you, th I think in, the, in a very micro level, right? You can bl probably blow that up. But yeah, that's true. It does change your perspective. Yeah. Wow. What are you thinking? I was actually, <laughs> I was actually thinking of a phrase that you told me about that I'd love for you to share with the listeners. Um, and it's interesting because that phrase that you're about to mention, it's so universal and I think we all have experiences with it, but it's almost meta that, you know, it, it has a certain connotation, but when you told me about the origin, it was really fascinating. Do you want to, do you want to share? Sure. Um, so I learned this in my last coaching training, one trainer, she was from, um, from Israel and she shared that with us. Um, we all probably have heard the, the word abracadabra, right? When we were doing like magic as little kids or saw someone else like abracadabra, you know? And we ne I, I personally never knew where it was coming from. Like I thought that was just like putting together a few letters, you know, and making a sound. But it actually has quite the meaning. And there's two meanings. There's one in Hebrew and one in Aramaic, which is the language before that, I think. So in Hebrew, it means I will create as I speak which for me is already mind blown. <laughs> and then Aramaic, it says, I create like the word. Which hearing that, that this abracadabra thing has such a deep meaning for me was like mind blowing. And it's so apt for a magical act because you are creating something. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it totally makes sense to use it. Like someone has was probably pretty smart to use it, you know, but... It was really, yeah, I didn't know about that. And it's super interesting that you mentioned Hebrew and Aramaic because, you know, in the Bible, <laughs> just to take us a few thousand years back, 
um, when, when they talk about, I think it's the Gospel of John that starts with, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And that's Logos. That's the creative Word. You know, it's, it's, Logos is also related to reason and rationality. And it, I think it's almost an age-old understanding that words have a creative power, they're also deeply connected with the world that we live in. Yeah, wow. I just feel overwhelmed right now because it's it's really, it's quite big, you know, because with words, we can hurt people. We can make people feel good. We can, with words, like, even if we don't say them out loud, words are still in our head. Like we think and we think in words, like we think in things, right? So yeah, it's, I don't know, it's quite overwhelming for me right now because it feels like it's this is really something big to think about, you know. Yeah. And and that's why gaslighting is so damaging because you know, gaslighting happens when someone challenges your reality by telling you that something wasn't true when it was or tells you that their reality is true and yours isn't. And that's completely confusing. But also like emotional abuse is so powerful because it's the words that are repeated that shapes someone's reality. And it's so hard to get out of it. Like if you're always saying to yourself, I am stupid, and that is how you frame your world, then confirmation bias is going to mean that you're going to only believe the thoughts that can affirm that. You know that's that's so true yeah it's incredible what words can do like we see it as coaches you know we've been to therapy like we see that words can also heal uh, just hearing something you know being reflected back from someone you know that you always thought was wrong and you're like wow yes you know like it's it's incredible and when you talk about like therapy and coaching it's they also tap into this very rich so we've been talking about the world outside of us right but these words also tap into a rich emotional world and what always gets me is the simplest words when strung together like if my therapist asks like like or just says like you are safe oh god i'm gonna cry <laughs> or if my yoga teacher says like what are you resisting? Three words, and it opens up so much. Yeah, or even just a simple thing when you do something that you really didn't think was something big and someone tells you, oh my God, thank you so much. Even just those simple words of thank you, you know, like they just come to mind. Like there's so many things that trigger something in us and they're just, they're just letters, you know, attached to each other. And you know, I haven't told anyone this, <laughs> but I Revelation. <laughs> I think that's where the power of manifestation comes in because hippie like me, bohemian like me, the new agey people, <laughs> everyone talks about manifestation and thinking about the thing that you want to have, that you want happen and, and behaving as if, right? But I think part of that power, so I don't know all the cosmic stuff because there are things words can describe and one of them is God and the other stuff is spiritual. So I respect that. 
But I think the things that we can describe are how when you say something about the life that you want to have or the person you want to be and you really feel it, you give power to the words that will then inform how you start to see your life. And that's how the changes start because you change the way you see the world and you change the decisions that you're going to make. And then everything just kind of ripples outward. So it's not something outside of you. A lot of it is also internally. Are you calibrated or reframed to make things happen for yourself? Yeah. No, I totally agree. I got goosebumps. That was a, you get goosebumps. <laughs> no, I mean, that's true. Like the words, as we just discovered, they're so powerful, you know, whether in a negative way they can you know there can be manifestation as you already said you know telling yourself that you're stupid or just telling yourself all the time that you're an imposter but there's also another way of like doing it in a positive way right as you just explained so yeah words words are magic and i think that's why mantras are so powerful mm, yeah oh yeah for sure like there's the I think there's the thing with the words but then also as you said with mantras and manifestations is the repetition right how often you tell yourself that and then you're creating basically to tie it back your world right around that so yeah and you know things just stick in your head and it really changes how you think like i'm still thinking about making nails with heads <laughs> yeah i mean those were words too right and they came from a different language I know. but we created a world around that with our episode you know yeah but it's also kind of wistful then because then I know that if I spoke German, I would probably grasp it in a much deeper way than I do in English, which is... Uh, probably. Yeah. I mean, there is always a way of like, I hope with the episode we were trying to make, you know, hopefully half an hour helps to understand what it really means. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, that's true. You would probably have 5% more maybe or 10% more understanding of it. Yeah. And also... I don't want to be very meta, but what we're doing right now with this podcast, like right into this microphone, Speaking. we're creating a world, you know. It's true. It's true. I think that's the cool thing, right? We're taking my understanding of the world and your understanding of the world. And in dialogue, this exchange of words and ideas, we build something else. And then when the listeners hear it, it interacts with their world and their understanding fascinating that's amazing this is really this is this is the mind-blowing thing to me that people actually listen to us and then <laughs> they talk about that and you know get back to us and like seeing that i know you're laughing but this is again this is my imposter in that you know so this is my world coming coming out and saying like wow they actually you know thought that the words that we said were quite you know intriguing to them they wanted to learn more and you know shared it with us so it's yeah it's it's fascinating what just talking into a mic can actually do. Yeah. And it's so interesting. <laughs> I know we're running up against the time, but it's so interesting that the same words, because both of us have been looped into conversations where people have basically typed the same message to us and it lands so differently. Like for you, it seems to be sparking imposter syndrome. And for me, it's it's kind of fuel for this conviction that was where this podcast came from, which was that people are interested in conversations. And these are, yeah, everyone can benefit from, you know, just talking to people, talk and 
being welcome into their world. Yeah. I mean, it, my, my impostor is always there. It doesn't get sparked. I, am, I get the same from those messages that like, oh, wow, you know, like people want that. And in different ways, they told us that. So I'm like, let's do more of this, you know, because like this is like sparking other people with just our words or getting people to talk. Like, I don't want more than that, you know, that is, this, that's already amazing if we get people to talk and share things. So, yeah, I'm, I'm very happy about that. <laughs> And that is how you, the listener, are creating our world as well. When you tell us, you know, it's one thing and and I'm really grateful if you listen to this and you're like, yeah, I kind of enjoy these two goofballs and the random things they say. But when you take that step to write us that message or to write like a review or, or just send us a comment somewhere, it's validating because it makes it real for us. So to shamelessly plug again, you can write us on social media, on Instagram and Twitter, and you can also send us your words over on Apple Podcasts to send us a little review, which we would appreciate. So there we go. <laughs> I swear that was not scripted, but I like no, how but we... Go with the flow, you know? <laughs> I like how it shaped up. <laughs> awesome. Wow. Well, as always, Steph, this is those conversations. I just I'm mind blown how we go into them and how we come out of them. <laughs> yeah, we literally didn't prepare. It's just three words. Let's talk about this. That's so amazing. This is yeah, we created a little world here in this half hour. So thank you for bringing in the topic today. High five. <laughs> thank you for sharing a little bit of your world through your words. <laughs> thank you for the same. Um, I hope you have a good good afternoon and thanks so much for chatting. Yeah, enjoy the rest of your day. Bye. You too. Bye.